Welcome to Athlete on Fire. This is episode number 77, and I am excited to have the founder of The Pose Method on the show today. If you guys are listening to the Athlete on Fire show for the first time, we are here to bridge the gap between amazing and inspiring athletes all over the world and the rest of us, and today is no different. You guys are going to really enjoy the show. You can check out athleteonfire.com if you want to learn more about what we are doing behind the scenes. We have some resources on the website that, that I think you guys will enjoy if, if you like uh, fitness and getting after it and, and learning some new things uh, from these amazing athletes. I will say uh, today's show is a little bit different. Our, our guest is launching a new book, and he has been so kind to do some fun contests. So we're going to be giving away three or four books, so you got to listen to the show. And then if you go over to our show notes, we're going to actually be giving away some shirts uh, from this promotion. So uh, both of the competitions will be explained in the show, but the shirts will be on the show notes. The book giveaway will be based on something you hear today in the show. So uh, also one, one thing we're going to do, I'm going to mention it right now, uh, but I'm not going to do too much of an intro left, is we, we want questions from you guys. When you're listening to the show, uh, what kind of questions do you have for our amazing guests today? And if you can think of a couple questions, shoot me an email at scott at athleteonfire.com or athleteonfire on Facebook or Twitter, and we'd love to ask those questions to the guests. Uh, before I get off with all these guests, I ask them for per- permission to contact them again to, to do shows with them in the future, and, and uh, this guest was no different. So we can get in there and ask your question to these guys, and maybe we can all learn something a little bit more from these amazing athletes and amazing, uh, inspiring people. So I'm going to let you guys go listen to episode number 77 with the founder of The Pose Method. Thanks. Prepare to be inspired by some of the most successful athletes on the planet. This is Athlete on Fire, your daily source of amazing stories that will ignite your pursuit of excellence and inspire you to be and do amazing things. Now, I have one question. Are you fired up? Hey, welcome to Athlete on Fire. I am Scott Jones, your host, and thank you guys for joining us today. Athlete on Fire is all about bridging the gap between amazing athletes and inspiring athletes and the rest of us. And we do that by sharing stories and insights and resources from these amazing athletes. And today is no different. And although our guest today is not in his heyday, he did have a heyday, and he is a great mind in the world of running. And I'm really excited to pick his brain today a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm here with Dr. Nicholas Romanoff. Uh, and he's going to share his story today. How are you doing, doctor? Thank you for your invitation, for your uh, very surprising show. And I would like to be good for your listeners. Um, hey, you know, 90% of life is just showing up. So you, you're here. <laughs> and, not, and now we're going to share your story. Because even if we know who you are and some of the things that you've done, we, we might not know exactly how we got to, to today. And that's going to be the story uh, if you guys are listening today, really quick before I explain how the show is going to go, uh, Dr. Romanoff uh, founded the Pose Method, and if you want to look at some some resources while while you're listening and just kind of follow along, you can go to this website. It's posemethod.com, and that's a good place to start. And we'll be sharing resources throughout the show. He has a new book that I'm excited to talk about later on in the show, uh, and we'll dive into all that. So, Dr. Romanoff, let me explain how it works, okay? Mm-hmm. We have three segments. 
The first segment is Athlete Defined, and we're going to go back in time, kind of get to know you, where you came from, how you came up, and how you got to, to do what you are doing today. Uh, the second segment is Athlete on Fire, and that's really the mental and the physical capacity to compete or perform at a high level, and you're going to share insights in that world, in that realm. And lastly is Athlete Inspired, and the goal for that is to really give people some resources to take away so they can go do some really cool things on their own. All right? Okay. All right. If you guys are listening, we're, we are going to do a giveaway because this book, this book thing is pretty exciting. And uh, if you're on Twitter, Facebook, any of the social media things, we are going to share about halfway through how you can get a hold of one of these books. Uh, and then on our show notes, we're going to do some cool giveaways for some some promotional shirts that they have going. So that's going to be fun. And and I don't get a chance to give away a lot of stuff on the show, so I'm pretty stoked about that. All right. So part one, athlete defined, Dr. Romanoff. We're going to go back. Okay. You're 15 years old. It's a Saturday in the middle of the summer, so there's no school going on. What are you doing all day? Oh, it's quite a long time ago. <laughs> I, I will stress my mind together, but it's quite easy to remember these things because it was um, a very pleasant time at that time. And what I do remember, I'm on the roof of the train going to the neighboring city, which is a city where the River Volga and we are going to the beach with a couple of my uh, friends to spend our life uh, in this day on the beach in the <laughs> very, uh, very heart <laughs> of the European part <laughs> of the Russia. It's a hot day. It's very nice to be on the roof. It's windy. <laughs> no, not necessary to have air conditioning, you know. But we are without tickets and we're in the danger, of course, because we are on the roof. But <laughs> it's kind of tickling your nervous system and makes you feel good. Oh, so did you pay for those tickets to get on the roof? No, sir. <laughs> I was jumping there. <laughs> so already we're like two minutes into the interview and you've knocked off one of my bucket list items. For some reason, I've always wanted to hop a train and I have not done it. So how did you, so you're a runner, of course. How, how did you hop the train? Did you wait till it stopped and sneak on or how did you do it? Uh, okay. First of all, I was not a runner. I was a high jumper, you know. Yeah. It's become a running coach and teacher later on, yes, but I was a high jumper, elite high jumper. So it was not difficult to jump. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So you're going to be okay. So let's go back. So where are you in the world right now? You're in, you're in Russia, but where where exactly? Um, it, it's a called um, a European middle part. It's middle Volga. Okay. It, it's um, a small city. Name will tell you not much, but it's a um, very big station, uh, railway station. And the train are going east and west. So the city where we are going to the beach on the east, four hours on the train, on the roof, I told you. And then <laughs> whole day on the beach, then jump, hop on the train again on the roof. And by the evening time, you come back to the city and your lovely day is over. <laughs> oh, that sounds like so much fun. So let, let's go a little bit more into your childhood. Uh, what kind of childhood did you have? Did you have siblings? What were your parents like? What kind of work ethic was instilled? Just all of that. Uh, I was a single child of, until I was a teenager, you know. And um, I had a very lovely family around me. My 
incredibly heartwarming relationship with my grandmother Maria. My very hard course <laughs> behavior, grandfather Ivan Matveyevich, he went through three wars and um, got through all of them, none injuries or wounded he was. He was just a smart warrior. <laughs> and my, my mom, who uh, uh, helped me through entire my life getting to the place where I am now, you know. Yeah. So what what did uh what did the, these these uh influencers do for for a living? You know, what what did you see them do on a daily basis that that, that you kind of take with you now? Um you mean my past and my childhood? Yeah, like what kind of work ethic? Like it's I was surrounded it's uh, by hard working people who just were living to survive, you know every single day, you know, and no one was lazy or kind of smuggling around, no, it was all hard-working people, you know, and I had very high level of respect to what they are doing, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, when did you make the uh, the commute? When did you come to the States to live for good? Uh, so I, I like this, <laughs> live for good. <laughs> 93. 93. Uh, Yes, I was not politically refugee or anything like that. I came for two weeks wedding party and a vacation on the Miami Beach. Uh, my older daughter got married American and I was invited for that uh, event, uh, lovely event. Uh, and then it happened something unexpected and we stay, you know. Yeah. Oh, but it all was legal. <laughs> <laughs> of course. It wasn't like the train, of course. <laughs> no. Uh, it was paid for lawyers, <laughs> legally work permission uh, was given and um, then work uh, started uh, from serving uh, what I call by that time fat lawyers, you know, <laughs> they wanted a good exercise and I provide them all of these things. Oh, that's great. That's great. Okay, so we've got a little bit of your past. So we see where you're kind of coming from. Um, so you're on a show called Athlete on Fire. So give us your history as an athlete up to present day and, and the things that you're doing with the pose method. I think, you know, take a few minutes for that. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I would like to be short, but um, squeeze to what that is necessary to say. Oh, as I mentioned before you, I was high jumper, you know. It's a a life passion, love for all my life. I'm still uh, have this feeling of me being high jumper, and, um, and this is what was my background in track and field, and it was my PhD written on high jumping, and my one of the best mentors was high jumper as well, Professor Djikov, and my inspirational things I would mention with the high jumping as well later on. So I progressed as a high jumper. I, my record of my high school is still there. I just wow. several years ago I have been in my school in my city where I was finishing my high school, and my record of high school still there. My record in high jumping in my city still there. Wow! What was and the record? My, uh, it was a. Uh, 
in inches, I, I probably will say in feet, in, for Americans it will be easier to understand this. High school, it, it's a 5'8". Nice. Uh, city, it's um, uh, 6'4". Um, my um, university record is a 7 feet. Wow, that's great. Mm -hmm. So you still have all the records back home. Correct. Just a few, just from a few years ago, of course, and uh, oh, it, oh gosh, I don't want to mention how <laughs> long ago it was. So you had a huge influence with high jumping. It was a passion of yours, and right. and you come up through through university, uh, competing at a high level. Um, so take us, keep keep taking us along that story there. Oh well, so uh, this passion was kind of a line. Uh, around which I, all my life was developed, you know. I was so passionate, I almost like say fanatic, you know. Yeah. I, I wanted to study high jumping and everything what involved to develop high jumping, I mean science, you know. And from first grade uh, year in my university, I was already dreaming about my science career and my science career was related with my discovery and my um, studies in high jumping and finally later on I finished my PhD I was studying in Moscow in the old Russian scientific research institute and then defended in the Russian sport and physical culture and sport academy and become what we call PhD in this field it's a sport biomechanics and exercise physiology and then I came to United States and continued my science research in different fields, but mostly it become in running. Even I have research in rowing, in sprinting, in um, track and field, uh, in uh, swimming, uh, and in um, uh, cycling. But uh, running was a major factor which influenced me in the last 21 years. So, so why running? You have so many different sports to choose from. Is it because it's the basis? You just had a strong interest in it? Leonardo da Vinci told that the mother of all invention is necessity, right? Of course. <laughs> so this is what become. When I came to America, I found that running, it was the most requested event among people, you know, it's kind of what was a very good base for business to develop, which I am professionally in, you know, so because Paul's method was already in place and we had this kind of thing, um, um, things to offer for the public, it was easy to get uh, to the point that Running become most um, um, uh, suitable and most profitable thing as a business and teaching and coaching. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I've got a good comprehension. You started. You started in Russia. You were a passionate about high jumping. You still hold all the records from a few years ago. They still stand. You got up to seven feet in, in, at university, which is really respectable, of course. Uh, and then you finish your PhD come to the States, you're, you're working on, on Pose Method, which was already kind of there, and you kind of put all of your ideas together um, for Pose Method. Is that kind of a, a good su summation of everything? 
Um, not uh, yes, and, but I would like to just add to this that uh, Paul's method was developed in Russia in 1977. You know, it's exactly days in October when this concept, model, and uh, method were developed, were born. You know, and before then, about two years, I was struggling to find the best way to teach my students because I was university teacher by that time. After finishing my uh, faculty, sport and physical culture, I was um, requested to continue my journey in, on this same faculty as a teacher. I spent one year in the um, Russian Soviet, uh, Soviet Union Army by that time and come back and start teaching in this university on the same faculty. So, and um, my struggling over there started practical because uh, I found that there is no really efficient method and more than this, the concept of uh, uh, a running technique particularly did exist, you know. Yeah. It was yeah. quite a surprise for me because I thought <laughs> I do know and it, it was an interesting thing when you're going into the practice like that, suddenly uh, truths come up in very unexpected way and uh, the fact that I didn't know what <laughs> running is, is as a movement, as a technique and a concept and a method, it was uh, quite shocking. Yeah. And I yeah. start, studied these things and I was lucky, I would say, you know, and I discovered in the two years, in 1977, as I told in October, this concept was born. I call it pose method. Awesome. The base of this was uh, that any movement, you see, this is a point, it's not only for running, was it's just for any movement. Any movement is uh, just a sequences of poses which uh, your body goes through. And uh, among these poses, um, only a few are very important or key poses which are, um, be become the structure or um, backbone of the movement. And yeah. once this was done, I start just only do research and find in one event, another one, where the key poses. And so it was very quickly, I found in the, in the week I, for track and field, I found all, all of these things, you know, yeah. and start teach my students. And it's become very efficient. Yeah. What, for example, uh, such a technical event as uh, hurdles, you know this. People are struggling through this like months and months to learn. We could teach in one lesson. It was really, really that quick. Easy. So really, I mean, the po it came about just just as a means of standard standardizing how to teach technique for for to make people better athletes. It's correct. Before it didn't exist. Before post method, it didn't exist. 1977. It's correct, sir. I, I didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Don't so, scare me. I feel <laughs> no. This is, so. I told you when we were offline. My master's is in exercise science. I could geek out on this stuff for eighty-seven hours. Of course, there is a goal to a show. But what I would love, to, I would love to tell our listeners right now. If you go to posemethod.com, right in the middle, besides some of the promotional stuff for the new book, it says "Become a Better Athlete." And I love how you integrate more movements than just going out and running all day long. You really want to create better athletes um, from a good balanced standpoint. And you guys can check out – we'll get into that a little bit more here in, in a second, Dr. Dr. Romanoff. Um, 
But for a show called Athlete on Fire, you guys are trying to make better athletes. It's a, it's a great fit. Mm-hmm. So the last question, uh, as we've kind of defined it and got people prepped for the rest of the show, is uh, I like to do a little inspiration at the end of Athlete Defined. So I want you to go back whenever this was. I want you to tell me about the most inspiring thing that you've ever witnessed that has to do with athletics or competition. Um, it's very difficult, though, obviously, because I was witness of many different things um, inspirational but um, I would be uh, very persistent with, with my love you know uh, inspirational things for me again it was not one but it's a, a high jumping a world record high jumping in 1963 by Valery Brumel Soviet Union best jumper in history and then another one Vladimir Yashchenko in 77, both of them jumped by straddle, you know. It's a, a Yashchenko probably was the last Mohican, you know, in this yeah. event. Yeah. Uh, because Forsberry flop took over after that, you know. What, what year did the, fl- the Forsberry flop start? Oh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's interesting. It's, first time I, I saw in the TV in the Soviet Union in 1967. Wow. In 1960, but he already developed. I saw it on the TV in 1967. In 1968, he became Olympic champion in Mexico City on the, that Olympic Games, and uh, then it uh, was triumph of Forsberg flop. And I was uh, the, the, myself was uh, transferring from straddle to Forsberg flop, and I got incredible benefits from jumping this way. Oh, and, uh, so it's two jumps, yeah, right? It was inspirational. Another jump is um, Wolfgang Vesic, um, uh, Olympic champion in uh, Moscow Olympic Games in 1980, w- w- world record, 236. He jumped in front of my eyes, you know? Oh, man. And uh, then it was an inspirational thing. It's um, 2009 Berlin World Championship. It's a running of Usain Bolt. <laughs> Oh wow! Did you see that live? <laughs> Not, <laughs> but it was a direct translation, so it's a, um, uh, so I saw it almost like that because the modern time TV gives you <laughs> almost oh, yeah. effect. Oh, this okay. is incredible! Uh, of course, if we're going in history, it's a Jesse Owens running. It was inspirational as well, like um, Paul Nurmi's running, which I was did analysis in my use when I was looking for the best thing in teaching and technique and concept. Oh, very cool! Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that moment. We're gonna we're gonna move on to Athlete on Fire, which is we'll get a little more technical and scientific and start talking about why you wrote uh, this book for for everyone as a resource. Um, so it's called Athlete on Fire. I like to start off though with you giving our guests a challenge. It can be a workout, a set, a mentality. We call it Fitness on Fire. Do you have something for everybody? A lot. It could be just a physical workout, you know? Yeah. For example, just um, run uh, 100 meters um, in a comfortable pace and then Try run like that as long as possible. <laughs> nice. As long as possible. Yes. Uh, in, in Russian terms, it's uh, by um, 
um, Soviet Union uh, scientist uh, Nikolai Zolin, Professor Zolin, it was like, you will discover uh, the, um, what it's called, um, potential of your endurance, you know, through the speed. Mm. So, uh, a comfortable 100 meters. Yes, comfortable, completely comfortable. Take note of what it feels like. It's correct. And then time, of course, you have to make a record of your time. Okay. And then um, try run on this um, uh, perceived rate of exertion and time-wise pace okay. as long as possible. <laughs> okay. And we won't skew people's, we won't skew their efforts by telling them what they should expect. But it would be really cool if you guys would try this, if you would try this challenge, get back to us and let us know how long you could, you could maintain that. I think that would be really interesting. It will give you an idea which sport in running you are more suitable. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We're still we're going to test energy systems and all kinds of fun stuff. Correct. <laughs> yeah, see, don't, don't get me started. <laughs> so, okay, so the, the, the other piece of work for the, the first part of this segment is, do you have a good inspirational quote, a mantra that you really like? Oh, I, I always use the Francis Bacon's um, quotes, uh, like, nature to be commanded must be obeyed. It's uh, for life. Uh, or, knowledge is power, you know. Oh, or, in the Lawrence Gonzalez's book, book quote, it's a deep survival. It's a nature doesn't adjust to level of your skill. <laughs> I, I love that one. That's a great one. Nature doesn't adjust to level of your skill, which is probably the backbone of a lot of stuff that you're doing. And you know, Correct. before we get into the the nuts and bolts of the mental and physical, is there a habit that you have? Because you you put out a lot of high high level content, in my opinion. Is there a habit to be productive that you have on a daily basis that you can share with us? Most difficult and most um, thing what I'm keeping in my mind it's uh, in sport it's very important it's uh, get get done finish <laughs> finish yeah <laughs> it's a very difficult part you know I'm yeah. struggling myself but nevertheless it's a very important thing for me you know finish the book uh, finish your run finish your jump <laughs> all like that are you uh, are you a morning person no sir. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do work most um, um, gratifying work at at night. Late at night, yeah. So you probably you just stayed on uh, your home country's time. That's all. All it is. You're still jet lagged. <laughs> That's all it is. All right. So this is this is the part where I have to get my brain ready because we're gonna we're gonna go around. Uh, so you wrote a book. It's called The Running Revolution. It's it's coming out in September, and, and uh, this show is actually being released right around when the when when the book is. So um, if you guys are listening, we are going to do a promotion for the book, uh, and I'm going to quote. Uh, this quote, I listened to Dr. Romanoff on the Athlete on Fire show. If you share, retweet, post this, you're going to be entered into a drawing and we're going to give out three or four of these books um, from Dr. Romanoff. And I think that would be a really fun, engaging thing. So if you guys, when you guys see that post up here in the last week of September, we'll give it about two weeks to, to grow a little bit and, and get some legs and then we'll, we'll do a nice little contest. But You've put out, you've been published multiple, multiple times. I'm not going to go over that because we'll bore myself and you reading a list. Uh, but you've written a lot. Uh, you're writing a book in 2014 on a, on a subject that has been beat to death, running, of course. Like there's, and there's a reason because people are passionate about it and they want to get better. And your person that just lost 100 pounds wants to get just as, as better as the, the Olympic hopeful. So... Why did you write this book? Tell us a little bit about it, and then we're going to go in the mental and physical preparation for any competitive athlete. 
Oh, it's a very good and deep question, actually. You know, I, I try squeeze everything to something well, suitable for listeners. You know, um, uh, avoiding too much history <laughs> or projecting future. Well, uh, as I told you before, once uh, necessity is what driving force behind. You know, and uh, when I was in the Soviet Union in Russia, it, it was. Um, Necessity for only for very uh, kind of very small group of people, you know, basically athletes, you know, because uh, by that time running particularly didn't take off uh, in development in in Soviet Union, but when we came to America, and I entered into the business of that kind, you know, so I become teacher and coach, uh, and I start work with a national team. I, I, in, I was involved in the USA Triathlon national team work as a uh, coaching committee member, and uh, that part was a very important to take consideration about the future book development in this direction. Because what I saw, that inspirational thing, millions of people are just running. It's incredible. I was happy to see so many people running. And uh, then uh, in my clinics, which I start develop later on for the same reason to teach, well, I saw people just running awfully, you know. From my standard and uh, concept of pose, um, method, uh, concept and models of running, people just had no clue how to run, basically like that. And uh, I usually joke in, the, in my clinics, before I start, I do some get started warm up things, I'm telling, look people, you are very nice looking people, you know, and I see by <laughs> faces you are so good, you know, and I do like you and I love your passion and I would like to be your best helper. but you have to understand that your running is sucks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was ex uh, accepted and uh, very much well, you know. Yeah. Humor understanding, particularly when I would show their videos, how they run, and they, some of them, first time witnessing that they're running really not good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let me interrupt you for a second because I, there's always general truths in, in, in any endeavor. And I think a general truth of running is that it is a skill, like throwing a baseball is a skill, hitting a baseball, you know, was, any of those things. Unfortunately, it wasn't. This is what point, you know. Uh, it, um, much responsibility laying on people like Bill Bowman, you know? Yeah. He's a legend, obviously, you know? With all my respect, his legendary book, which was a book which basically started jogging process in America, 1967. He brought virus of jogging from New Zealand, from Arthur Leader to America, and we have to credit for Bill Bowman this, you know, not anyone else, him, you know, and plus, of course, he is co-founder of Nike, and what you can do, but, <laughs> however, <laughs> in the science, we can tell his quote from that same book, it's not important how you run, how important that you run. 
Do you understand? It's not important how you run, just that you run. Yes, right. Yeah. And by that time, uh, and much longer after, uh, consensus about what is proper running technique didn't exist up to now, up to date, you know? Yeah. So Paul's method become first basically a concept model which brought standards in running technique. Yeah, there, there, there's always a few steps because you can go to the specific scientific base and that's your PhD in exercise physiology. Like you're going to look at specifics. Um, as somebody who looks at the sample population and, and general culture, you know, maybe Bowerman's quote, it's not important how just that would apply. Like, yes, get off your butt and go do something. Like that, that's great. Just do it. You know, it's a Nike's <laughs> But then, you know what I always tell people, and this is a good exercise for anybody who's listening, and whether you use pose method or not, understanding that there is a technique to running is important, and this is how you do it. Go to the most popular, like you're in New York right now. Go to Central Park, sit on a bench, and watch the next 50 people run by you. You will see so many different funky looking forms that it just boggles your mind. And then you go to the Olympics and you watch the you know, watch the, fi the 5K. And you'll see pretty much a, a similar standard of, of form. And I think, is that, is that kind of what you're trying to get people to, bridging that gap? This is what I found in, in the 70s when I was working. My goal was not to find the differences. I saw it. My goal was to find the commonality, <laughs> common things. And I found that in running exists only three common elements which everyone they want or don't want they knew about this or they don't about this they do pose fold pull yeah and, and name these elements as a standards and as a structure of running what you see in the central park and i will see it today probably as well because i'm going to new york city bridge runners you know it's a very nice group of people but uh, probably I will see the same, yeah. which uh, you call funky, I call it in science language, deviations from the standard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, l let's get specific a little bit. If people pick up The Running Revolution, the book, um, what, are, what are two or three points physically that they'll take away from that? Like, g Give us some bullet points for people when they're out there running that they can do physically. The heart of the book um, structured around the 10 master lessons uh, where you are learning step by step how to engage with this technique, how to learn it, how to perceive it, and how to execute it. And what you have to understand is that the major thing is not the efforts um, or um, how fast you run, it's about your perception about running. That running comes to the very simple things, you know, how to use external force of gravity as your friend. This is what basically it's coming. And the pose is the best body position to engage with the gravity in the forward propulsive movement, you know. We have to understand that who is moving us forward is not muscles directly. Muscles important, but they are not moving us forward. What is moving us forward is our falling, is gravitational torque. This is physical reality, which you have to understand. And another thing related with that, that more you're using external force of gravity to your movement in running, the less muscular efforts you will feel. 
this is what how effortless running comes. When you see elite runner and you will see effortless running, it means they are using gravity instead muscles, you know? Yep. This is what explanation why we call it effortless running. Absolutely. Because muscular efforts, because the gravity does work for you for free. So, okay, you guys, I was looking at your Twitter feed earlier, the Pose Method Twitter feed, and you guys have a shirt, and it says, Friends Don't Let Friends Heal Strike. And I, th I think it's hilarious. For, for those of you guys out there listening who might not be a runner, heel striking is, is just a deceleration uh, through your efficient movement. But, Dr. Romanoff, since you're a professional at this, explain why you guys have that shirt. What is a heel strike, um, and how can people kind of relate to that? How, how can you pick that out in yourself, you know? Uh Heel striking, it's just a lack of skill. This is what how heel striking is, you know. So, as I told, it's a deviation. And as any deviations um, or lack of skill, you have um, plenty of um, uh, time to compensate with, you know. And this is what happens with people. On the slow running, you can compensate. But faster you're running, less compensation you can provide to this. And heel striking become uh, inevitably impossible to implement anymore. Um, up to uh, 30 minutes, 10K for example, you still could heal striking and get this 30 minutes. But after that, it's become almost impossible, you know? Yeah. When yeah. we're coming to the 27 minute 10K, you do not see heal strikers there. It's impossible to keep them. World record holders, there is no heal strikers anymore, you know? <laughs> and this because it's a break. <laughs> And this is this is quantified. You guys have actually seen. You've done the research for this. The thirty and the twenty-seven mark. Those are quantifiable results. It's a it's a kind of um, benchmark, you know. Yeah, yeah. After twenty-eight minutes, there is no hill strikers. Basically, is that a representation of turnover or? No, it's a falling. It's the falling. Okay. And, uh, no way. It's a, just a um, parameter which allows you to fall more often. This is what. Um, that's why uh, elite athletes have they have much higher turnover or cadence, uh, step cadence. So let's talk about a, a symptom of heel striking for runners who feel tightness in their hips or sore back or they just aren't getting faster. They might be heel striking. What are some other symptoms of? of this lack of skill? Knee pain, because heel striking mostly goes related with the knee pain, you know? Mm -hmm. It's kind of, it's a 40% of running injuries is represented by knee problems in running community. From general 65 to 85% of running injuries in running community uh, annually, you know, it's a science fact, you know. Um, among that number of percentage, 40% it's uh, knee injuries. And they are directly coming from that heel striking. Awesome. I, you know, I, I feel like I could talk about this all day long. I, I have a couple of unique questions that have to do with the coaching piece, okay. Um, since I've got, you know, I, I got my master's like 12 years ago. And when I first got out, all I thought I needed to do was just share all the information that I knew, regardless of the behavior that I could change, regardless if people even understood what the heck I was saying. I just wanted to share information. And then as you work more and more, you realize it's more about people and changing behavior. Uh, so with that in mind, I think anybody can teach somebody how to do something right if they have the right tools and information. But 
as far as coaches out there are concerned, what is the biggest what is the biggest thing that you see coaches doing as a disservice to their clients in, in the running world? Is there is there something out there that you see a lot? So of course, this is what um, was a driving force for myself. You know, it's absence of concept, model, and method. Uh, if it's not there as a tool, in, in what you're working with in the high level science on physics and mathematics, uh, absence of concept means lowest uh, uh, descriptive science, you know, and it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. So yeah. running science was exactly at this stage up to now, you know, it was, it was descriptive science. If you're describing to your client, to your student, you're not teaching. You have to bring to your client the concept, the model, and then it should be method. In method, is Descartes, uh, uh, told about this way back at the 17th century. So, if you would like to put your ideas in very um, understandable thing, you have to have a method. You know, yeah, <laughs> this is yeah. his words. Yeah, so, you have to bring a method. It means very logical sequence of concepts, models, and exercise which execute that concept and that model. Awesome. Yeah, I, I would add if, if you're looking for a coach, and if you guys, if you're not getting your information on your own from from someone like Dr. Romanoff or just the science that's out there, uh, if you're just getting programming that's obviously copied and pasted and, and cookie cutter, and you're not getting information on how to do it better as a skill, then then maybe you need to find a, a better coach. And those would be the two most simplistic ways to find someone that that can really help you. Um, I'm sorry. Good advice, Scott. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Okay, so that's physical. We could go physical all day long. You're going to learn a lot of that stuff through the book. I'm sure that's why you wrote it. So, mental. What are you What are you teaching people as far as their approach when they're running competitively or just competing in in, in any sport? Do you give them any bullet points? Of course, um, it doesn't matter. It's a competitive um, athlete uh, on elite level, or it's just a um, recreational athlete. The task is the same mental condition what is that person should execute because it will be his own personal performance top level you know it doesn't matter that it's in absolute scale it's a different but in relatively to that person it will be top performance anyway you know and it's require incredible mental condition which we call focus <laughs> concentration <laughs> <laughs> and you have to have very clear concept or idea of what are you doing, you know, and you have to have very clear idea uh, and perception what are you doing. So that complex of things should be delivered to the athlete and he needs to have these tools in his possession to execute what you're asking to execute. So, so here's the question. On Athlete on Fire, we try to bridge the gap between elite athletes and everyone else. And, and what you're saying is the mental condition in an elite athlete versus someone who's running a 5K for this first time is the same. That's correct. I love that. And I, we try to pitch that. We try to tell people you're no different. You know, If you've never run 400 meters and you go put an effort out that is your maximal effort, it's going to feel the same to you as it does to an elite 400 meter runner. So I love I love that advice. And, and what Dr. Romanoff is saying is you you've got to have a certain type of focus and concentration, and you have to have a clear concept of what you're actually trying to do in the moment. And that will allow you to relax. It will allow you to perform at a higher level. Is that a good summation? 
Thank you. You did a very good job. All right. So my, my brain actually hasn't exploded yet. That, that's good. <laughs> We're going to move on. I, I love this stuff. Thank you so much for, for the resources. You know, when, you're, when you don't have a, a book to promote and, and get out to the world that has this great information, um, we've got to get back on here and just do some really good bullet points for people because you, your stuff is great and I, and I really appreciate it. Um, so the last segment is Athlete Inspired and really it's quick hitters. We're going get, to get after it a little bit just to give people some quick resources. Um, but before we do that, I always do like a fun or a goofy little quiz or, or interaction, okay? And I, I'm going to put myself in an uncomfortable situation with my, I'm assuming, Russian-speaking friend. <laughs> sure. I'm assuming you still speak fluent Russian. Is that right? Absolutely. Okay. I'm a good assumption. Um, so you're going to teach me how to say a few phrases, all right? Yes. Oh, man. All right. So the first one, teach me how to say stop heel striking. Uh, uh, stop. It's the same word. Oh, yes. <laughs> stop. Приземляться на пятки. Okay. Stop. <laughs> It's more like casual, it will be перестань приземляться на пятки. Или не приземляйся на пятки. Oh my god. Okay, so go slow. Let me try it. Не приземляйся на пятки. Не приземляйся. On the hill. Не приземляйся на пятки. Не приземляйся. Не приземляйся. Не приземляйся. На. На. Пятки. Пятки. I'm telling you, I knew this was going to be hard. Black. So let's go to the next one. <laughs> All right, teach me how to say, I love running. Yellow, blue, big. Yellow. You blue. You blue. Big. Big. Oh, that was easy. All right, say it again for everybody here. I love running. Yellow, blue, big. All right. And last one, since my brand and this show is called Athlete on Fire, how would I say Athlete on Fire? Um, athlete, um, um, it's in on fire, it means uh, vagne. <laughs> athlete. 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 Or sportsmen. Oh, sportsmen vagne. Sportsmen. Sportsmeni, sportsmeni. Sportsmeni? Vagnia. Vagnia. Uh -huh. Boom! I will never speak Russian, apparently. <laughs> you will. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome, man. Okay, so now that I've made a, a full of my, my single language self, uh, we're going to move on to Athlete Inspired. Uh, this is going to be kind of, kind of retro or introspective for you. Um, the first question is, is legacy important to you? I guess for anyone who is doing something substantial in his life and he wants to um, pass a long way to the future, something what he has done, I am really concerned about this and this book about, you know, the idea of developing something, uh, what we call method, the concept model of movement and to bring it to the people is the most inspirational thing and the legacy which would be living long, 
way <laughs> after yeah, yeah. you will finish this life. <laughs> no, that's great. So, you know, as a creative, which you have to be creative to, to write an original work, um, and, and as a scientist, you're using both sides of your brain all day long. When you, when you put something together like this, do you take, do you imagine the type of person that would open the book and what their reaction might be, whether they're an elite or a, a newbie? Do you, do you imagine what that might be like? Oh, why imagine? I heard so many times, you know, it's a very struggling thing, you know, because people, uh, people's mind and their experience um, is a major obstacle uh, <laughs> to perceive something what uh, new coming, you know. Um, there are lots of great people before then told that um, people treat ideas as a protein in the body anything new coming to the uh, to the body they reject it you know yeah, yeah. this is the point and uh, a, a general consensus about running as you know is you can run as you want and the run is so different you cannot uh, have something suitable for, to fit any one runner this is like general phrases are um, coming into the, this point, you know, or something from great Kipchoge Kano. Um, you cannot teach running technique, it's God-given. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. somebody has it, uh, somebody uh, doesn't have it. So, all this blessing went to the Africa, and uh, all <laughs> Americans do not have it. Right, right. <laughs> if you accept these crazy things, then you have to give up. Yeah. Because yeah. there is no future for you, considering that running most injury, uh, uh, highest level injury rate field, then it's no way to go. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not on this point, I, I'm opposite, absolutely. Everyone can run um, perfectly good, you know, yeah. as absolutely. nature requested us to do. And we are born in this case to take this from nature. Um, uh, what's called gratuitous forces and implement into our running. Everyone, anyone, you know, speed will be different, lengths will be different, but we can do it, you know, there's no obstacles. You have to just learn as anything else, as a skill. That's it. Awesome. Gra gravi How do you say that word? Gravitigious? Like gravity? Gravitigious? Gratuitous. Gratuitous. Yes, gratuitous. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a for free. It's a free. Even though one of the, my first clients in Miami, a very nice lawyer, told me there is no such a thing as a free lunch. <laughs> That's probably a good lesson. <laughs> nevertheless, nature gave to us incredible gratuitous force, gravity, awesome. which is right there, 24, 7, <laughs> 11. <laughs> <laughs> 24 7 365 gratuitous forces in the form yeah. of gravity more often than not and let's just use it in the form of your body weight coming gravity doesn't come to you in your perception you do not perceive gravity we don't know what gravity is what we perceive we perceive our body weight okay body weight is an ambassador of gravity okay that makes sense i like i like that way you put that that's really cool oh i could talk all day okay so <laughs> so Amazing. I love your take on legacy and of course um, if you're working hard at something I think you want it to have, have an effect on people. Uh, so resourceful wise, is there a book um, you know, besides your own that you would like to recommend people read? Oh gosh, it's uh, difficult. 
I'm scientist, you know, and I, I'm fascinated by so many books, you know, <laughs> and one was a, yeah, I collected a very big library, my own library at home, which I'm working with every single day. So, for related to the running, if we will take this point, I would say um, I would take um, Aristotle's work, Animals Movement and Animals Progression, you know, one of the best things which gives you a very nice idea, you know, of movement, you know. And then uh, another thing what I stumbled into at the time, it's the movement of the um, Julius Marais, Etienne Julius Marais, it's a French engineer and cinematographer who wrote this book in 1895, La Movement, which is known and republished in New York in 1972. It's called Movement, The Movement. The Movement. It's, yeah, The Movement. It's about running as well. And another book which I do like very much, it's an American uh, runner and coach and writer. Uh, whom I deeply respect, it's uh, Fred Wilt. It's um, 1964, it's a book called Run, 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 Run. It, almost like Run, Run, Forest Run. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it's about running. And, um, so, and um, there are many other books probably I would name right now, but <laughs> this will be good enough. <laughs> no, that's a great start. And I'll put those in the show notes so people can, can go click and, and, and see what those are all about. And those are new ones. I've I've interviewed a lot of runners, and, and uh, we get a lot of the same ones. I have not heard of those, so that's that's going to be really cool for our, our guests, or our listeners today. All right, so uh, you know we're so connected as a society, and I've mentioned your website and the book and all that stuff. Uh, tell people right now how can they get a hold of you? How can they learn more about what you're doing? Um, it's a Facebook, uh, which related post method uh, Facebook and, and site. Uh, it's a Nicholas Romanov, Dr. Romanov. Uh, again, Facebook. There are um, timeline exists um, and uh, um, some articles come up over there as well. You know, so people could help on this. And of course, um, uh, post method. Um, uh, posttech.com uh, uh, where they could get um, uh, lots of um, post method. Uh, just click post method uh, okay. and you okay. will get to the stream of <laughs> articles <laughs> and uh, um, other um, uh, sources which we are producing means uh, videos and so on. Awesome. And, and for you guys listening, once again, it, when we post this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post, uh, I listen to Dr. Romanoff on the Athlete on Fire show. If you share, retweet, any, any of the, if you do any of these things through any of our social media, Facebook and, and uh, Twitter, we're going to put you into a drawing to win a book. And also, we're going to do a, a little contest on our show notes. So you have to go over to the website on Athlete on Fire, and we'll give you guys a chance to win some promotional shirts that they've actually created just for the launch of this book, which is pretty exciting for them. They're... It's not easy to launch a book, guys. I know a lot of authors, it's a lot of work. They, they miss time with their families. They're out there busting their butts. And the fact that uh, we have someone with, with an amazing background and good, solid scientific information, I'm so happy to, to promote this stuff. Um, but go to the website. It's clean. I love it. It's very modern. Uh, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to really uh, fuel what you need to know to, to run better, uh, amongst many other things you can do. So, Dr. Romanoff, we are going to wrap everything up, man. 
I'm going to take the very first question I asked you and we're going to go back to it, but we're going to have a little spin on it, okay? So that 15-year-old version who was hopping trains and going to the beach, I want you to go back in time and give that version of yourself some advice right now. Don't be afraid of life, you know. Open yourself and accept everything because um, good is coming to you, you know. This is what you have to do. Just open, you know. And the universe always gives you yes for everything. You just have to be open. Oh, that's great. And I think, I think for anybody listening, you can hear the passion in our guest's voice today. He, I, I, think, I think he likes what he, what he does. Is that pretty accurate? Do you love what you're doing? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Dr. Romanov, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for inviting me, Spout. It was a pleasure with such a bright young man to talk about what I do love. <laughs> oh, me too. I, I love it too. And uh, hopefully you guys listening can tell how, how we're kind of playing off of that love and, and passion for, for getting people out there and moving better. Uh, for anybody listening, you guys were inspired uh, by Dr. Nicholas Romanoff today. I'm Scott Ginger, host, and you guys take care. This was the Athlete on Fire show. All right, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed the show with Dr. Romanoff. He was very fun, high energy guy. You can really tell that he likes what he does. Uh, don't forget, there's two contests. You can go in the show notes, athleteonfire.com, to win some shirts, or you can go on social media uh, based on what we shared with you during the show to win a book from Dr. Romanoff, The Running Revolution. It looks really interesting. I have not read it yet, but I'm excited, excited to. And lastly, what questions do you have? There's, we covered a lot of content, and there's a lot more I'd love to go into with Dr. Romanoff because of the exercise physiology background. Of course, he's He's way ahead of me on that on, on that whole world. So send me a question, scott at athleteonfire.com or any of our social media at Athlete on Fire through Facebook or Twitter. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you for listening to Athlete on Fire. Stay fired up with additional resources and information at athleteonfire.com.